0: 50 years have seen dynamic shifts in societal attitudes towards female autonomy, divorce, reproductive rights, and the very definition of marriage. Along with it, more and more people are making the conscious choice to live their lives child-free. We're here to unpack the complexities of this life choice and say the things that we can't say anywhere else. Greetings. Welcome to another episode
1: of Not Just
0: Sleeping In. I'm Lee.
1: And I'm Tiger, and each week we gather in our secret child-free compounds and discuss all the things about this pretty crucial life choice that we've made. This week, being told you're smart and desirable and should procreate because you're the sort of person who needs to. No, seriously, that's a thing, and I know you know that's a thing, and it's fucked. But first, Lee, how late did you sleep in?
0: Oh my god, it was glorious 10.30am oh. on a weekday. 10.30am on a weekday. Um, Glorious freedom. Uh, this first project of the year is done and behind me. Um, so back to uh, the welcomed respite of not setting an alarm and the occasional midday nap by midday. Uh, at what point, Tiger, does it just become you should have gone to bed? Like, I've taken like a 7.30 p.m. nap at this point this week. <laughs>
1: like, I mean, it's all relative. You know, sure. You can't go to bed I at mean, 7.30
0: Right, but you can
1: take a nap. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How about you? How are we doing? Only eight a.m. this week, mm-hmm. and that was on a weekday. My weekend sure. was fucked, and I'm sad. Very
0: busy. Weirdly busy.
1: Well, the one day was busy. The next day, yeah. my dog just decided to wake me up, and then the cats decided to wake me up, and mm. we're not speaking right now. So.
0: Yeah. I that. Mm. Yeah. Gross.
1: Not happy. Speaking
0: of gross, <laughs> this one's a long time coming. Yeah, we've we've hinted at this one for a while.
1: I mean, since episode one, I think. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah,
0: because it's kind of bingo-cardy, right? It's like, very
1: bingo-cardy. Like, have you experienced this one? Because this is the one that I have probably experienced. I don't want to say the most, but it definitely sticks in my head the most because I find it very disturbing.
0: Sure. Um... I get more of its uh, kissing cousin, which is uh, you would be such a good parent, um, which is kind of the low key version of that. Not quite this, Um, but definitely um, it comes up when kind of talking about Idiocracy. Right. The movie that has that very famous intro that sets the whole stage. It it definitely has uh, kind of people have drawn the parallel between me and the couple in that opening sequence and i'm like yeah but not really though
1: yeah it's i yeah i don't get it necessarily in direct parallels to idiocracy but i think the idiocracy problem is such a neat fun little way to define it i think because i don't know i've always been like high achieving
0: uh right and it really because of the like (laughs) yeah kind of the 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 you know in, in comedy as as very much debated these days as to the appropriateness of it i think the that clip and if you haven't seen it and you can stomach it look it up it's on youtube but um i think just really strips away a lot of um people's bullshit and like forced subtlety and nuance and just kind of lays it out very starkly you know and i think that's why it becomes such an interesting thing you know to kind of reference
1: yeah And at the end of the day, what's it's what I hate about it, and part of the Mm -hmm. reason I think it bears discussing is that it seems so harmless on the surface because it's like complimentary to you, right? You're smart, but uh, but it's not. It's like it's so gross. It's like it's like, and the friendship gross, you know, right? And and that it's so disturbing. And and I think, like, let's, yes, so let's kind of start before the movie and before we get into, like, why it's so disturbing. I think that mm-hmm. part of it is that there is some very real panic about the state of, like, fertility in sure. humanity, right? We as a species do need to propagate the degree to which we need to propagate is, um... Hotly contested. Highly debatable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but every few years, there's some big think piece published in like Time Magazine or Scientific American about declining birth rates and how people with more education are having fewer babies and how women are delaying having children. And, and it can be very country specific. It can be global. I think one of my favorite ones I read are that men's sperm is becoming less um, potent. Hmm. Which I find hilarious. Like, sure. Life finds a way to stop itself. <laughs> uh, but, it,
0: like, as long as the volume stays up, the potency is to, I, 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 immaterial to me. Sure. And,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and so people get like really up in arms, and it's like people point to idiocracy as kind of this end result. And, like, right, that, the movie's where we're headed. a comedy. It's a satirical comedy. This is not real. And to interpret it that way is, like, really fucked up, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, and I think I've said something akin to this before, and this may warrant its own, like, full dissection in an episode, but it's not all one side of the political spectrum. This, this creeps in. This weird fear creeps in all over the place. Like, you know, well, it's from so your...
1: Human. This idea that we could extinct ourselves. Yeah. It's wild, right? It's very strange. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I mean, I feel like if we did extinct ourselves, I kind of feel this way about, like, pandas. I think the only reason we want to save them is because they're cute but they're not having sex. They don't seem interested in procreating. We seem interested right. in their procreation. And I feel like we're oh. doing the same thing to ourselves.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, I mean, it's funny you say that. There was a big, and maybe we'll find it, there was a piece on Sam B. not too long ago on her show uh, breaking down how ridiculously expensive it is um, and how so much of, like, the charity money and the, um, you know, uh, a lot of preservation money really just goes to pandas. Like there, it's it's a very insidious thing if you get too deep into it. And yeah, like, and they're, you know, it's we're it's, a, we're, it's a at some point, right? We're pushing a boulder uphill.
1: Yeah, there's um, a lot of other animals going extinct that do a lot more for the ecosystem. Sure. They just maybe aren't as cute.
0: Yeah, but to the human animal, you know. Um, what do we do? Like, if 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 we're not if we're not making babies, then whom? And I think that's where a lot of the insidiousness comes in, yeah. Like,
1: yeah, because it very much becomes we don't want those type of people making babies. We don't want uh-oh. stupid people making babies. We don't want insert skin color here people making babies. We don't right. want lazy people, whatever immigrant babies in a highly nationalist country like the United States has become.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's funny because it starts, like with a lot of this stuff, it starts with stupid. Yeah, it starts with uneducated. uh, Yeah. And because, like, dumb people make dumb people or something. Which is so Um,
1: frustrating because education is not smarts.
0: Right. It's so funny because at the same time, I mean, we we spoke a little bit of this uh, to the this in the legacy episode the idea though is that you're always supposed to do better than your parents so it's really like and and whenever you see cross thinking like that there's a lot of mired isms underneath right there's always something you know if you're being told two different things about the same issue there's probably a bigger hidden thing underneath that and i think that underneath this well like what is smart Upper middle class people procreating, like what's hidden under that? Yeah, you know.
1: And I think if we just kind of break it down, like stupids are propagating. In a lot of these studies, they measure intelligence either by education level of the parents, right, or yeah. by IQ tests. Education is not just about being intelligent; it's about access. It's about sure. institutional like access, and it's about. Even just like having the ability, like if I'm dyslexic, I'm not going to waste my time becoming an academic when there's better ways I could apply myself and spend my time, right? Right. And I, that's not to say there aren't dyslexic academics, but you know, like some things are just harder for some people, but that doesn't make them stupider. And, right. And, and IQ is deeply flawed, and there's oh, been yeah. so many biases, biases, biases found in um, IQ tests, right? And and it doesn't really measure intelligence; it measures one particular definition of intelligence right right and so right away you've got this like glaring flaw in the argument that like if stupid people are procreating quote unquote stupid people uneducated sorry if uneducated people are procreating their kids are going to be not as smart and that's just patently false like there's no intelligence
0: gene (laughs) right Um, But at the same time, do everything you can to make sure your kids do better than you. Please and thank you. Yes. Um,
1: (laughs) That's, I mean, but it's not just your kids. It's like we as a society need to be setting everyone up to have the same, to have opportunity to like find their intelligence.
0: Right. So if not education, if that's, if that's, if we're listening, uh, tuning our ears a little bit more to the dog whistle, you know, something else, if you're like, so... I've debunked your, you know, person who thinks that I really should be having children. Then what else? Then the next thing they'll probably say is, what, good genes? Like, what's that actually mean? You know? Mm.
1: Um. <laughs> mm, what does that actually mean? Hmm. And that's... <laughs> yeah, that's... This idea that some genes and gene expressions are better than others is Wild. Because either you get really sort of ableist stuff, like we want to breed diseases out of existence, which is inherently fucked up to the people that already exist with those diseases. It stymies research on those diseases and ultimately leaves us poorer, you know, and it it limits this like breadth of human experience that we could be having, right? And then there's also the people that say it it because they're white supremacists. Or whatever flavor of <laughs> right. whatever flavor of racist is in your country. Yeah, but we're in the and, United States, and we're riddled with white supremacists.
0: Sure. Um, <laughs> and you know, again, I think that it's also because, again, like we we've talked a couple times just about systemic equality on the podcast, and very unequal. The people that really think that they're in the good category. You know what I mean? This is not necessarily evenly applied to people. They're like, yeah, stupid people should not have kids. And then will happily not, you know, <laughs> count themselves out of whatever category they think that that is.
1: Yes. Yes. Because it's like. Yeah. Super people shouldn't have kids, or, like, you've got good genes. Like, one, you don't know that. You don't know what shit I'm carrying in my biological right. line. You can't just look at me. You can't even just yes. assume that I'm healthy. I could be, like, schizophrenic, and you wouldn't know because I'm well-medicated. Yeah. I'm not, but I am medicated for other, like, weird shit, you know? Sure. <clears throat> but that also doesn't mean that, like, if I, that also doesn't mean that if I did have a child, that would be an invalid choice. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So the other side of this, right? So if there's, if we've got the one side that is riddled with isms um, of who should be, but also there's this weird idea that the people who shouldn't be are just doing it all over the place, right? Yes. For whatever
1: reason. That's a really good way of putting it, like this idea yeah. of i i that horrible trope of like the welfare queen of a woman who has children to get government benefits, yeah, uh is heinous <laughs> mm-hmm. sure, <laughs> and, and generally speaking, like yeah, and it has to do again it it's not so much about like wantonness. <laughs> <laughs> right as it is about access like i think a lot of people who have a lot of children or who find themselves with unwanted pregnancies that they carry to term either one did not have access to education which is looping us back around again to access they did right. not have access to birth control because either they have a religious employer who won't cover it or it's just not it's expensive or or they don't have a lot of options maybe they can't take a pill every day or maybe they or they just don't know they just don't have yeah. good sex education which is sadly like true like this is a lot of these factors are true for a lot of people and it just right. seems so unfair to be like these people are doing it to outnumber us or or like these people sorry it it's hard not to yeah. talk about these gross things without having <clears throat> to say gross things and i hate it
0: yeah, it's, it's kind of fucking awful. Um, I'm sorry. You know, it's funny. We're both uh, sorry. Is, is, we're both terribly sorry. But come on. Come on, let's just strap in. You know, because the funny thing is we started talking about a comedy movie um, that needed this terrible premise to get it off the ground. And it's funny to my mind uh, recalls like another comedy movie that kind of addresses the same thing without the kind of obvious racial component, which if you think about Monty Python's The Meaning of Life, Um, which is one of my, I'm, that's my personal favorite of theirs, but you have the whole second act, every sperm is sacred idea that is not like, again, we can split hairs on like, you know, Catholic Protestant racial divides in the United Kingdom all day. But, um, you know, that's really more about religion and class, right. Than necessarily the obvious racial opponent. But again, all of the same things play out, right. You have the, Overrun house in squalor with the kids tap dancing in their bare feet, and then you've got the like two ostensibly child-free Protestants across the street in their very nice little kitchen. Um, and I just want to say "condom" that way because who doesn't? Uh, but it's yeah, so at the <laughs> um, so yeah, at the base of all of this, it's it's like who are you centering? what is buried underneath and like what comes up when you start to peel away at all those things. Yeah.
1: And actually bringing up religion is another really interesting and fair, a really fascinating thing to think about because that is the whole basis also for the Quiverful movement.
0: Oh boy. Yeah.
1: Where they literally encourage people to procreate as a way to increase God's army. Like, and this idea that children just by virtue of being born are being conscripted into some class war, some religious war, some racial war is inherently very fucked up. No, sure. Right. I mean, cause that's what you're effectively saying is like every kid you poop out is going to have some kind of destiny, either winning the world over for the stupids, winning the world <laughs> over for the smarts, winning the world over for the Christians or the Catholics or, yeah. you know, it's, it's, It's always horror. It's It's like, oh, so you're just like birthing a child with no free will.
0: Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, the. And what's interesting, too, is that the landscape of systemic equality here um, shifts over time, you know, like the idea of um, access to uh, birth control or abort legal abortion. Uh, You know, I think we had a a very interesting idea when you think back to like the Great Depression Mm -hmm. and there was um, very early attempts at uh, pharmaceutical and also, you know, um, procedural abortion. But, you know, and, and you hear tales of people in the 50s who are all of a sudden like, oh, my daughter, like when I had a kid during the Depression, we just went down to the doctor and dealt with it. You know, um, and then by the 50s, those options aren't coothful anymore. But also, when you start looking at the history of birth control, there's kind of a reason for some communities to be pretty suspicious. Yeah, like.
1: Yes. And that's that's the thing with that lack of education and that lack of access. All the all that certain communities know is that the bodies of the women in that community were often violated without consent were used for research in the worst and most inhumane ways. They were, I mean, there's a whole history of forced sterilization of minority groups in, not just in our country. Like that is something that happens globally. And it's like now considered a war crime, right? But before that was just, and and, like the thing is, it's still like, it still happens. And it's just, it's, it's sickening. It's like this idea of bodily autonomy has to go both ways, But it also has to be accessible and equitable for everyone. And we can't – I think as child-free people, kind of the point of discussing all of this horrible, horrible stuff is that, like, as child-free people, I I think that perhaps we have a responsibility when people say stuff like this um, to speak up. Because it is – we are – generally people are saying that to you if you appear to have privilege – And so it's really important to use that and to say, "Eh, eh, eh," you know, to call it out because these are that is a microaggression, not at you, but it's a microaggression to these communities that they're so often putting down. Yeah. And because. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's like, yeah, come back with. um, So who should be (laughs) or who shouldn't be? Like, why am I different? Um, And, uh, you know, call out some of the dog whistling. Yeah. You know
1: cuz the other funny thing is people get so hung up on this idea of genetics, right? And we see sure. that not only in com, uh, not only when people talk about who should be having children, but also even in things like gender and sexual expression and stuff. And what's really funny is genetics are actually a lot more complicated than and a lot more influenced by our environment than we let on, right? Right. Like Like, they found in researching, like, generational trauma and in in researching kind of, like, heritable diseases, trauma Mm -hmm. can actually change your mitochondrial DNA, which is the part of the DNA that, like, you pass down, right? Right. So you can actually trace trauma genetically, right? And so it's, like, when you think about this idea of who should be having children and and using genetics – It's so fucked because it's still a human thing. It's still something – I don't want to say we have, like, total control over it, but it's still something that environment impacts, that the world that we create impacts – you know, it it still kind of can become institutional. And that's really scary, right? And it's just, like, this idea that, like, genetic code that we have no say in determines our value or our ability to make choices about our bodily and reproductive autonomy – the the more you pick at it, I mean, the more it's just getting more and more disgusting to talk about. Right? Like this right. <laughs> I thought again, this was gonna be a more fun it, it, episode and now I'm just sad.
0: We're gonna talk about the Mike Judge comedy movie, guys. It's gonna be hilarious. Um, but yeah, and again, the if you're being told two different ideas, um, like as insofar as like you've got good genes, you should carry them forward or like genetics mean everything, but also like, Hey, I'm, I'm evolved from the monkeys. I have consciousness. I can write a screenplay, you know, I can, whatever. Then like, again, under those two competing ideas, there's something hidden there that needs to kind of teased out. Right. And I think that fundamentally, um, we look at this in our own, as we're constantly struggling in various different communities and nationalities as we split ourselves a thousand different ways. The big one I find in the child free community. And again, we get lumped in theoretically with folks that have, you know, we've built space for ourselves, right? We've built lives for ourselves. We enjoy the lives that we've built, which makes it look very like, Oh, well that seems like an ideal situation to raise a child. And you're like, no, but see, I build it the whole, the opposite way around And I think at some point we're looking at these axes all wrong. And again, I think that the focus insofar as parenthood should be recontextualized now that, again, let's tear down a world where we're trying to constant, like, we're, we're not trying to ply the fields. You know, it's so interesting to me that you look at the giant decline in the 19th century when you start to prioritize your partner in the love match. Um, that was like the first big, if you look at like the history of the world dip, where it's like, maybe I love you more than the risk of birth taking you away from me, and maybe I can hire people to work in my farm or in my factory as opposed to making tiny little hands. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and that was and also a like...
1: direct result of things like child labor laws and the industrial revolution. It's like yeah. you don't you don't need the snowpiercer child when the machinery is working. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um,
0: so yeah, I think that what, and maybe what we can do as if, and when the idiocracy conundrum gets posed to you, dear child-free folks is to let's shift the axis, right? Let's talk about, um, desire to have children or be a parent versus the desire to not do that. And, um, because again, I think unexamined and a lot of cishet folks that are just plodding down the highway, the old life script highway, is the do you want to. Yeah, And I think that that is not – doesn't cross most people's minds at some point.
1: Yeah. I think also another important thing that I wanted to highlight about your statement is you said um, the desire, not the yeah. capability, not the financial stability. Like I think the – what we need to do as child-free people is – um when poor people do decide to procreate out of love or whatever, if they've made a considered choice or if if someone like we need to be careful not to lump people into that undesirable category, uh, undesirable in quotes. We sure. we need to not say things like, "Oh God, she shouldn't have had so many kids if she can't afford them," because like that's a systemic problem. And as child free people, like I said, we if we're hearing this idiocracy complaint. Directed at or scenario directed at us. Right. We have a certain amount of privilege. And that means that we also have a certain responsibility to kind of fight that in the world. And I think I'm not saying we have to all devote ourselves to being, you know, activists and stuff. But I think we need to make a more equitable world for people who do decide to become parents and encourage it to be a encourage a world where it can be a conscientious desire and not just right. something that happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. And again, like, what a world. And again, like, I think that as this often gets brought up when we talk about um, abortion rights is like. If we if if the majority of pregnancies are wanted pregnancies, regardless of who's doing it and the unwanted ones are not a factor because they're not babies at the end of the day that need, you know, systemic support, then like what is we reshuffle the deck that way and what does it actually look like? You know what I mean? Like let's 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 you know band together and see if we can sort that out. And you know, and if social security requires that a certain amount of babies get pooped out, then we got to like relook at that system
1: and make sure that those babies are actually like able to have a shot. I also think, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that there's a lot of other solutions to social security that don't have to do with pooping babies out, like taxing sure. the rich or eating them.
0: <laughs> Delicious. Uh, and you know what? All those, good, <laughs> all those good rich people genes make for a healthy and uh, nutritious diet.
1: Dude, it's like wild to me. <laughs> like, I know the rich don't inbreed anymore, but this idea of wealth being associated with genetic superiority is insane yeah. when you look at things like the Habsburg dynasty and the amount of inbreeding that went on amongst, like, upper crust people in old timey times. Yeah. Like, it's it's <laughs> just so counterintuitive. It just goes to show that, like, humans, as much as we want to propagate, are really bad at ensuring our own survival. We're, we're pandas.
0: Yeah. We're definitely headed towards pandas. Yeah. Um, I'm... Uh, the funny thing is that I always, when looking at, at this stuff, and, and we reach, recently started watching uh, Resident Alien, which is a very funny show on sci-fi, um, is, like, what happens when all of a sudden we're not the top anymore? You know, that, that throws, if we're talking about, like, funny ha-ha future scenarios, like, I think that the first time that we make contact with another intergalactic so species... And they're like, hi. And we're like, oh, hi. I think it's going to make us like radically, hopefully, or they'll just destroy the planet. We won't have to worry about it. We're but already if, doing that. Know.
1: They'll just wait for <laughs> us to abandon the real estate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they probably yeah. have already found us and they're just like, wait. We're going to yeah.
0: we're gonna hang out. Yep. Yeah, we um, always think that we're the one laying out the prime directive, right? And it's not the other way
1: around. It's 100%. <laughs> like, and, and I have a feeling that is so like not going to be the case. You know what I mean? yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else to kind of add? because I'm I like I am so uncomfortable. I am more uncomfortable discussing this than I thought I would be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. I mean I think um, we've hit a
1: lot of good points and I think we all have our good like child free people marching orders, right? So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, again, we have we are, we are uniquely um, built. I would say, as child-free folks, because we have, um, by nature of making a lasting decision to not procreate for our own uh, joy, sanity, and benefit, um, have really examined some big systemic issues in our lives. We've looked at life scripts. We've looked at expectations. We've looked at limitations and have made a very hard and conscientious choice, so I think that um, my employment uh, is to dig deeper and to help the folks around you dig a little deeper too. Um, what are the other isms? Like if you're, if, you know, the discomfort that we have, I think, is just because we know that we're we're right next to the, in the digging deeper into ourselves. Um, those dark unexplored territories um, where racism and classism and all of those other um horrible systemic inequalities live. And yeah, I don't think, look, I'm sure there's a child-free white supremacist, one percenter libertarian out there. I got welcome to the camp, I guess, not really, but- um, Do better. I feel like, (laughs) yeah, Um, I feel like, you know, we've done a little bit of the work and there's more work to do in different areas and there's more support we can give to other people. Because what if it's just, like, a nice world that we all like to live in?
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing. We chose to be child-free because it makes life a little bit more awesome. And if someone wants... I I want everyone to be able to have that freedom to choose how to make their life as best as... You know, I I love my life, and I want everyone else to have that opportunity to love their life. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean that sincerely. Like, I I genuinely... Like, I, I do believe... I love, I don't, like, the thing that I love about being child-free is being in a position where I'm not giving a lot of emotional energy to just children that are mine, which is a great purpose. You know, if, if that's what drives you, do it. But for me, I love being able to just kind of expand that emotional energy to focus on things like fighting this shit. And yeah. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. And if you guys think it's great and awesome, or if you think we're nuts, well, if you think we're <laughs> nuts, like, probably, like, if you think we're nuts, but you're like racist, like check yourself before you comment, but everyone else questions and not just sleeping in.com. <laughs> also, we're on social media. You can find us yeah. on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and not just sleeping in. And yeah, and we're, we're at all the places. Yeah. Uh, and we're great fun. And
0: <laughs> what other weird, uh, comedy movies cause heinous existential dread in you? Like, let's have a chat. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, better place for everyone. Examine your shit.
1: Indeed. And until next time, I'm Tiger. And I'm Lee. Spread love.
0: Live your goddamn truth. And of course,
1: have, have fun, fun sleeping, sleeping in. Bye.